You heard how it went down. Now time to sum it all up. This is Bucks Talk, presented by Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all. Recap everything you need to know about this game right now. Now here's your host, your analyst, and your MC for the evening. Make some noise! Justin Garcia. Well, the 16-game win streak is no more. Thanks to a big, big performance from James Harden and the role players for the 76ers. They were the difference makers tonight in the fourth quarter as the Sixers hang 48 on the Bucks and erase a 14-point deficit going into the fourth to bring an end to this Bucks win streak and keep the Sixers' hopes of a one seed alive. Uh, this was a game, not to say the Bucks weren't trying to win, this is a game... 76ers definitely needed more than the Bucks, and I do think that showed in the fourth quarter. But again, credit to James Harden and that Sixers team because they showed a lot of resiliency in the final 16 minutes of this game. They made the big plays, and it was interesting because before this game tonight, we got a chance to hear from Sixers head coach Doc Rivers uh, talking about this Bucks team specifically and what he's seen from this Bucks team, their defense, and, and just the overall makeup of this team. As he said, if, you've, if you haven't won or been to the finals, you can't get to other teams. You're, you're, you're just not going to be able to shake teams like the Bucks. You can't shake teams like the Bucks or the Warriors. They can't be shaken. They've won, and they've won at the highest level. Those are the teams that are tougher to break. And it was the Sixers that we saw that just would not shake and would not break down the stretch in this game tonight. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talking text line to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. Old National Bank gets old. Disappointing result here, and it reminded me of a game we saw four years ago almost to the day. A lot of parallels between that game and this one tonight, and a lot of similarities between a game the Sixers played Thursday in Dallas. We'll talk about that momentarily. Also, plenty of time to hear from you as well. I'm sure there are plenty of thoughts watching this 16-game win streak come to an end against the team we all probably hate losing to the most. And some of the things that stood out in the box score, we'll hear from you after this. 133-130 final score. Bucks fall to the Sixers and watch the 16-game win streak come to an end. More after this on Bucks Talk. 133-130 final here inside of Fiserv Forum. Bucks win streak comes to an end. At the hands of James Harden and the 76ers. 855-616. 1620 is the old National Bank talking text line to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. Let's head to the phone lines. We begin things in Port Washington, Dick. All right, uh, 855-616-1620. We'll see if uh, we can't get Dick back on the line. But uh, I mentioned James Harden was big tonight. 19 points in the fourth quarter for Harden, 38 for the game. And from start to finish, James Harden was the best player on the floor for the 76ers. It did seem like in the first half tonight, Joel Embiid, you almost got the sense he was conserving energy because there was a number of plays 
where Embiid just didn't look like the guy we've seen the last few years. He wasn't attacking. He wasn't finishing around the basket. He was passing up some of those opportunities. And Brooke Lopez or not, defending the rim, Joel Embiid is a guy that has no problem finishing near the basket. So he's talked about this leg injury he's been battling and said at the All-Star break he wasn't healthy and wasn't 100%. You started to wonder if that was the case tonight and if he was kind of conserving some of that energy for the stretch drive of this game early in that fourth quarter when Joel Embiid was on the floor, I should say, the early minutes he was on the floor, it started to appear that that was the case. It looked like he had some more burst, was attacking a lot more, and that really helped open things up for the Sixers on the perimeter but I, I got to tell you, what stood out the most for Philly was obviously the play of their role players and their bench. And we mentioned this during the broadcast, too. If you did watch that game Thursday night between the Sixers and the Mavs, that's exactly what happened there as well. Philly fell behind big, but they erased that deficit behind their second unit, behind guys like George Niang, Jalen McDaniels, Paul Reed. That was the group that was really turning things around for Philly, and that was the group that did it tonight, too. Sometimes, plus-minus will tell you the story of the game. It's not the Bible and the be-all, end-all, but that plus-minus tonight really matched the eyeball test. The best players on the floor for the Sixers in terms of that plus-minus, if we take out Paul Reed and Shake Milton, who both played less than 10 minutes, best players plus-minus-wise for Philly, were George Niang, Jalen McDaniels, and James Harden. And those seem to be the three guys that made the biggest impact on this game. James Harden, throughout the course of the game, gave them their most consistent offense. And then Niang, with a big, big start to the fourth quarter, his shooting, helping that 14-point margin get down to single figures in no time. And Jalen McDaniels, with a couple of big offensive rebounds, he made some impact plays for this team as well. One offensive rebound and a steal, I should say, uh, for McDaniel. So those guys really proved to be the igniters, in the case of Harden, the difference maker in this victory for Philly tonight. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. Uh, when we come back, still plenty of time to hear from you, but also similarities talked about the similarity between this game and that game Thursday in Dallas for Philadelphia. This really reminded you of another game. These two teams, Bucks and Sixers, played in this building four years ago. We'll tell you about that after this on Bucks Talk. Spiders into the front court, hands to Middleton. Middleton on the left wing being pestered on the outside by Nian. He'll give to Carter. They work into the corner. Catch and shoot three. Grayson Allen can do no wrong. He continues to put the place on fire, just launching one three after another as he connects again. Grayson Allen with a big night tonight. He was one of the four players scoring 20 or more for the Bucks. but the fourth quarter story in this one, Philly outscores the Bucks 48-31, erasing a 14-point margin going into the fourth and an 18 point second half lead the Bucks held no more and neither is the win streak after this victory 133-130 76ers take it tonight in Fiserv Forum let's uh, head out to the phone lines try this once more Dick in Port Washington are you there 
Hey, you got me? I got you. Okay. Um, you know, my initial thoughts was I looked at this game. You know, this was vintage Harden. Um, played great. But, you know, over a seven-game series, is he going to do that for four games that, that they're going to win them all? I don't think so. And then I looked at the box score. And then, the, then I got upset. Okay. Um, our bench produced nothing. One of our starters had one point. Um, Connington. Okay. Um, I don't understand. Bud's, Bud's going to have to decide on his rotation here coming up pretty quick how deep he wants to go. Does he go seven, eight, or nine? Okay. Crowder should be starting in place of Connington, keep Chris on the bench, and then, or vice versa, whatever that works out. Um, well, I don't understand how Gorin is coming in because, you know, I read a lot of stuff online. He expects to play. How is he going to play? You know, Javon Carter, you can't decrease his minutes the way he's going. I, I don't see where. Now, unless they convince Gorin, yeah, you're going to sit the bench, an injury comes, you're going to play a major role, you got a chance for a ring. But I'm not so sure he's that kind of guy. And, and he and Chris aren't the best of friends. And so I'm kind of worried about how that's going to go in the locker room. Now, I know he played with Crowder, and he played with our, our new big center, but those are my concerns. Um, what do you think of all that? Well, we don't know that uh, he and Chris aren't the best of friends. We're basing it off of one incident in a playoff series a couple of years ago. Uh, I was I was surprised that uh, – that Goran Dragic would want to come here just because of what you alluded to, and that's the playing time. Not that he's going to get none, but I would venture to guess there are a handful of teams that are at least playoff teams that would offer much more playing time and an increased role. So look at his age. You wonder if Goran Dragic just says, this may be my last year and, and I'd like to have a chance to win a championship. But I think it's twofold for the Bucks. It gives you a nice security blanket, and it also keeps them away from other teams. Like this team that we saw tonight oh, yeah. in Philadelphia, they could use a guy like Goran Dragic if he's anywhere near the guy he was, and you don't expect him to be the version he was in the bubble. But if he's anywhere near a guy that we've seen throughout the course of his career, that's a big lift. And your question of, who isn't going to play or how are you going to use him and and how much is he going to play? I think as good as Javon Carter has been, and I've been an advocate for him all season, being a starter for this team and playing alongside Drew Holiday, you're still going to have moments. We haven't really seen it in the playoffs from Javon Carter. He's going to be a guy that opponents leave open. A handful of these guys on the roster will be. We see the Bucs do the same thing, that it's, it's different in the playoffs. You'll get some more open looks because you may not be a trusted shooter. And if those shots aren't falling, you're going to need somewhere else to turn. Goran Dragic is a guy that has hit those shots. And when healthy, you can't leave him open. Okay, but who, who, who currently, who is the better three-point percentage, Carter or Goran? Well, this season, it's Carter. Right, this season it's yeah. Javon Carter. But I again, mean, this season, I don't care about five years ago. What's he doing now? But uh, again, you know, Chicago well, here's the, here's was trying thing, though, to get but, into the playoffs, and and they dropped the guy. I, it's a great pickup. Don't get me wrong. 
if he's willing to sit on the bench. If if Drew goes down, Carter's got to start. It's going to be great. He's going to fill in. But outside of that, where is he? Where is he going to get minutes? You would think the most likely candidates are Javon Carter and potentially taking some of the minutes from Joe Ingles too, because Joe Ingles has basically been their de facto backup point guard, especially with some bigger size. And I don't see any negative to the addition of of Goran Dragic here for this stretch drive, especially since you got five back-to-backs here, so you're going to have to utilize some no, of these guys, and it's seen how he fits it. in. Look, I, I get, I get, your, I get is, your point, too, Dick. Thanks what for the, did they promise him? What did they promise well, him? Who knows? Him who kn- I don't know concern. that. I, I don't, thanks for the call, Dick. I don't know what they promised him. I don't know if they did promise him anything. Goran Dragic is a guy that he, it's close to the end, so it's clear he wants to play for a contender. Bucks have the best record in basketball, so they are the number one contender right now. What they promised his role to be, I don't know that, and I'm not going to pretend to know that. He's a good security blanket to have, and I get your point that Javon Carter has been very good this season. I don't dispute that. Javon Carter's been the better shooter this season, but we haven't seen it in the playoffs yet, and that's not a knock on Carter. I know he didn't get the opportunity as much in Brooklyn and in Phoenix, and here last year for that matter. You haven't seen him in that moment yet, and we know I know he's not the same guy. We know Goran Dragic has done that in the past, so it's just good to have as many options as you can. I know the bench isn't going to be quite as important. The the rotations are going to shorten. But look back to when they won the title. That team was seven deep. You need more options than that, especially as a guy that can handle the basketball, and especially when we're having this conversation, assuming this team is going to stay fully healthy. I hope that's the case. But we saw last year you can't bank on that. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. Uh, let's squeeze in one more call here. Peter, you're up next. Hey, guys. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. So before I talk about Chris Middleton, and I was at the game tonight, and I've been to a handful of games since he's been back, um, I, don't, I definitely want to call out, you know, obviously Giannis, playing up to the MVP caliber, of course. Lopez having a miracle season, honestly. And Holiday has never played more confident on offense and all around deserving of an all-star. So that's great. Bucks still need one more guy probably at a, at a plus-plus level for the playoffs. And Middleton, you know, he's recovering from injuries, which we'll never know the extent probably because we're, we're just fans. But I've seen enough that he does not look good. And – He's on the wrong side of 30, and I think fans and their cross all players decline. Usually it takes them two or three years to see it, and that's all I've seen in the last month is that he's so far from being a plus, even probably a, an e- you know break even for the playoffs. I don't see him getting more than 15 minutes in a game in the playoffs at best, and even then I'm not sure what he's going to do because – I can see Bud gave him a shot today, let him play the whole fourth quarter. And granted, he's ramping him up, I understand, but even for spurts, I haven't seen a ton. And today, he gave him a chance, and you know, he just didn't have that athleticism to hang in the NBA, uh, honestly. He, he, he didn't look close to what you need to be, so I'm concerned. Um, I would say that the Bucks are probably going to have to figure out one other player that can fill a gap you know, and from in a seven-game series, and you know, you'll have to see probably Portis occasionally if he can rise to the level where he can 
almost win a game like you know Middleton did once in a, you know three or four times in the championship run. Um, but the other players too, I'm going to call out a little bit that I don't think are up to the level they've been is Pat Connaughton. I think he's lost some athleticism without that playoffs or even a even a break even. And uh, it's going to take some time on Crowder. It's going to take a lot of time to get him integrated and find the minutes for him. Um, and I just, you know, I, I heard the conversation you had previous to me about, let's say, you know, minutes at point guard. It, it seemed like Bud was trying to get Middleton some minutes, essentially in a point guard role where he doesn't have to move as much, bring up the ball, maybe stand at the top of the key. I don't know. But uh, there's definitely a need for quality minutes there. And I, I think that, um, Allen and Connaughton. Bud's trying to find some minutes for playoffs that are going to, I think, take some of those guys' minutes if he can, because you know the playoffs is a different ball game, as we all know. And I think if the Bucks can't solve this problem where their fourth guy comes from, uh, they're they're going to be hurting in that second series right off the bat, right, pretty much right away. Yeah. Well, and thanks for the call, Peter. I mean. A lot of that is going to hinge on what your second round series is. If it's this, if it's this team we played tonight, or if it's the Boston Celtics, chances of that being very slim at this point. But still, it's going to hinge on that. Um, Chris Middleton hasn't looked great tonight. He was not good, and I think you may have heard one of the questions to Bud too about what Philadelphia was doing. This isn't a great matchup for the Bucks with Chris Middleton, the way he was utilized tonight or the way the Sixers got him tonight. And I think, really, a lot of things changed with guys off the floor for Philadelphia. And we talk about the playoffs being a different animal and paring things down and really seeing what works the most. This was a playoff game tonight for Philly. For those reasons we talked about at the top of the show, they needed this more. Not to say the Bucks don't want this game or weren't trying to win. They absolutely needed this. The Sixers did just to keep the pace and make sure they weren't sealed off in that one discussion or even two. But James Harden is not a good matchup for the Bucks, and, and that's the scary part about placing this Sixers team potentially in the postseason. It's not so much Embiid who can go off on you. We've seen James Harden have big games against this Bucks team, even with guys like Eric Bledsoe, Drew Holiday. Now, you didn't have Wesley Matthews on the floor tonight, who you would assume – would see a decent amount of reps on James Harden. But you saw Philadelphia really attacking Chris Middleton. And I wouldn't say Chris Middleton has looked bad in his return. He certainly hasn't been the guy we've seen the last few years. I know they're still ramping him up. But at some point, you'd like to see him get past that 25- to 27-minute mark he had tonight. But to me, and I think this is what Peter was getting to, it's, it's more important to see the defense, too from Chris Middleton because tonight Philadelphia was running those actions to get him in the screen or to get him onto James Harden in the pick and roll and James Harden was just abusing him and James Harden can do that to a lot of guys but that's really what stood out in the fourth quarter is Philadelphia wanted to attack Chris Middleton with James Harden and in the past that's a matchup you'd at least live with but tonight it was all Philadelphia taking advantage of that so I'm not going to draw grand conclusions to this for the rest of the season based off one game. But look, you got to see a little bit more relatively soon here from Chris Middleton. Jay Crowder, I wouldn't say it's going to take some time. I think Jay Crowder's looked very, very good, better than you would have expected. But that's the other part. We didn't see a whole lot of Jay Crowder tonight. 
and especially in the second half. I think he played four minutes total in the third and fourth quarter of this game. Maybe that has to do with a back-to-back, and you're going to play him tomorrow as well. But that is really what stood out in this is, again, for Philadelphia, the guys off the floor and how they seem to take off. And for the Bucks, the absence of a guy like Jay Crowder, who is really good and very effective, especially when he's been out there on the perimeter with some of those defensive assignments, not just tonight in the first half, but ever since he's joined this team as a whole. 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight, 133-130 the final. Win streak comes to an end as the Sixers take this behind a big game from James Harden. A near triple-double for that matter, 38 points, 10 assists, and 9 rebounds. More after this on Bucks Talk. Holiday going to tee one up for three, and he buries it from the right side. Drew Holiday puts Milwaukee right back out in front on another Michelob Ultra 3 Drew Holiday big tonight, and really Drew Holiday was the best player on the floor for the Bucks. 26 points, 13 assists, just one turnover. Did not commit a single foul in this game, but it was the play of James Harden, his counterpart, that was even larger. 38 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds for Harden, and 19 of those 38 came in the fourth quarter, helping propel the Sixers to this victory tonight. Uh, I mentioned... Not going to make too much over one game here. This did remind you of a game these two teams played four years ago in this building, almost four years to the day. March 17th, 2019, the Bucks entered that game with 17 losses. They have 52 wins, but they entered with 17 losses. Sixers were good, but they were seven games back of the Bucks coming into that game, so very close to where we're at now. Bucks entered today with 17 losses, Sixers were five back of the Bucks. Philadelphia won that game despite what I believe was the first 50-point game in Giannis's career, 52 points on St. Patrick's Day. A very good day at the free-throw line for Giannis, who was 19 of 21 in this game. And today, Giannis 16 of 18 at the free-throw line. So a lot of his damage done there. He finished with 34 tonight versus 52 then. But Joel Embiid just good enough. Maybe not as many points as Giannis, but he made some big plays down the stretch. What he did reminded you of what Harden did tonight. 40 points, 15 boards, 6 assists, and some big late shots, including a big three-pointer for Embiid, helping the Sixers erase a deficit and beat the Bucks in Fiserv Forum, 130-125. to It wasn't double figures, but still... Embiid carrying the way despite the fact that Giannis was maybe the best player on the floor that night. Embiid made the biggest plays. Almost identical score, almost identical setting coming into the game, and very, very similar stat line for Giannis despite those 52 the first time. But what he did at the free throw line and how he was scoring a frustrating loss four years ago, almost four years ago today, and the same case tonight as the 16-game win streak comes to an end. 855-616-1620. The Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank gets old. We'll wrap up the show preview. Night two of a back-to-back as the Bucks head to D.C. to take on the Wizards. After this, on Bucks Talk. This is Bucks Talk. Bucks Talk. 
133-130, our final here inside of Fiserv Forum. The win streak finally comes to an end as the Sixers snap 16 straight from the Bucks, And now just four games separate these two teams. So as we pointed out, you're still in first place, 45-18. and Boston is 45-19, and so you are still a half game in front of the Boston Celtics for the best record in basketball. But this keeps Philadelphia's hopes of moving into that one or even two spot alive. If you had won this game tonight, you could have really put a stake through the 76ers and made it a six-game margin with 19 remaining it's technically not impossible, but that is near insurmountable with that few games remaining on the season. This was a game Philadelphia needed, and I think you certainly saw that in the, the fourth quarter and the way they responded, but I'll point this out once more. The lack of Tobias Harris didn't seem to be an issue for the 76ers. He wasn't incredibly effective even in the first half, in those 13 minutes, he played just three points. But P.J. Tucker did not play the final quarter and a half of this game, did not play at all in the fourth quarter, only played four or five minutes in the third quarter, scored two points, 19 minutes total, only two rebounds as well from P.J. You go back to that first half, and really early in the third quarter when that Bucks lead continued to balloon, they were able to play five on four defensively versus the Sixers' offense. They did not show any respect to P.J. Tucker's offense, and it's the same way you see teams defend and treat Russell Westbrook. Giannis was defending P.J. Tucker. He would sag off of him. They would leave him open in the corner and in the dunker spot and immediately flash a double on Joel Embiid. Without P.J. Tucker on the floor, it opened up the floor a lot more for James Harden to go to work, and that's where Joel Embiid became more effective in that fourth quarter. So his absence seemed to be a positive for the 76ers, and for the Bucks, the absence of a guy like Jay Crowder, who played 13 minutes in this game, but again, just over four minutes in the second half. So you did not see a lot of Jay Crowder down the stretch, and you wonder how much that changes. If Jay Crowder is on the floor, Grayson Allen scored 20 points in the third quarter, and you appreciate riding the hot hand and giving him those looks, but not seeing James or Jay Crowder out there for the defense that he brings really loomed large once Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, once James Harden really started cooking in that fourth quarter with no Jay Crowder out there, with Wesley Matthews unavailable, and with the 76ers running some of those switches to get Drew Holiday off of James Harden. That opened things up for him, and he took over and dominated in the fourth quarter as the 76ers pull away and uh, win this one tonight. 133-130, the final score here inside of Fiserv Forum. So again, you're still in first, but this Eastern Conference standings now as we take a look at it, you had a chance to really break things open, and that's just not the case now. Still four games up on the Boston or on the Sixers, a half game up on the Boston Celtics here. Uh, that's the good news for the Bucks. But again, as you look at the bottom of the uh, the top half of the standings, if that makes any sense, at what I'm getting at here, 
you look at how compact things are really starting to get. And tomorrow, you're in D.C. to take on the Wizards. The Celtics have another tough game as they host the Boston, or they are the Boston Celtics, as they host the New York Knicks. Knicks are a team that's been playing very, very well of late. They do have a tough schedule remaining to close out the season, but this is a Knicks team that's been playing very well down the stretch. If you would have won tonight, you're a game and a half in front of Boston, and who knows, a chance to push that even more tomorrow. So that's the frustrating part about this game tonight and this loss by the Bucks inside a five-serve forum. But a chance to get back at it tomorrow against a Wizards team who is also playing night two of a back-to-back as the Wizards not only have a back-to-back, they went to overtime in their game earlier tonight. So it's going to be, you would assume, a banged-up or shorthanded, short-rest Washington Wizards team. But as we mentioned a handful of times here, back-to-backs are the thing to keep an eye on for the Bucks this season. They have quite a few of them down the stretch here. Still four more on that schedule. The next of them for the Bucks is going to be when they head out west one week from this upcoming Monday in Sacramento against the Kings and then in Phoenix against the Suns and then another one out west with the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. So still quite a few back-to-backs for the Bucks to navigate through down the stretch. A disappointing loss, though, tonight at Fiserv Forum as the win streak comes to an end at the hands of James Harden, Joel Embiid, and the Philadelphia 76ers. My thanks to everybody for tuning in, and my thanks to Justin Pottinger for producing the show. We will talk to you once again tomorrow night with more Bucks Talk.